Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks Mark Lawrence! A happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this Thanksgiving weekend filled with not only food and festivities, but football as well. We'll attack the college and pro football cards here on the show, break down what we see happening this weekend. And with that, I'm going to welcome our co-host, Victor King, into the show. Victor, welcome once again to the show. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and your family. And I hope your football weekend is going to be as good as the food. Well, Mark, you know, this weekend's Thanksgiving holiday will probably be like no other for everybody in the country that we've seen in the past. We can, of course, thank the freaking COVID-19 for that. Uh, For our large extended Spanish family, we're cutting that down to only three adults, myself, my wife, Sandy, uh, her son, Bobby, and of course, the two canines, Tuco and Monkey. That's going to be our small little Thanksgiving We can thank God we've got football this weekend, that is for sure. The thing that's bumming me out a little bit here, Mark, is that, you know, this is traditionally rivalry week in college football. And because of the COVID, we've already had some games canceled that were usually scheduled to play this weekend, the USC's versus Notre Dame's, some of the in-state rivalries like Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina, and a couple have even been relocated to different dates. This is historically Michigan, Ohio State weekend, or Purdue, Indiana, or Virginia Tech, Virginia, or even Arizona, Arizona State. So the thing that I take the most comfort from in this uncertain weekend is the fact that we do still have some rivalry games. We've got the Iron Bowl on Saturday. Auburn, Alabama should be a great one. The Egg Bowl is going to be played again. Mississippi State, Mississippi. A little bit of uh, eccentricity with Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach entering the fray there, so that should be fun. The Civil War is going to be played this weekend, Oregon against Oregon State. We've got the Paul Bunyan Axe game, Minnesota-Wisconsin. They call it the big game, but it's a battle between uh, two teams who have yet to win a game in Stanford and California. And, of course, we still got the game down here in Florida, what they call the War on I-4, Central Florida and South Florida. So even though some of the games have been called off, we can still take some comfort in that there will be some great rivalries still being played this weekend. Well, two notes here, Victor. Number one, the axe has been axed. The Minnesota-Wisconsin game has officially been postponed oh, this morning. Another COVID axe. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, you know, there'll be probably one or two more games throughout the course of this podcast yeah. that'll happen along the way. Number two, you mentioned wow. the I-4 Bowl, South Florida and Central Florida. There would be an interesting story inside that game where Mackenzie Milton the quarterback at Central Florida who had that devastating knee injury, much the same as Alex Smith had. He's gone through numerous operations. He's been working out, and word is he may get the start this week for Central Florida. Uh, I don't know if that will be a, a ceremonious start, uh, and then they would hand the ball back over uh, to uh, their uh, Dylan Gabriel, their, their quarter, quarterback, or not. But uh, it's really nice to see that he's back on the path here as well as far as that goes. And as far as Perhaps what I learned in college football last week was this. 
that with the announcement of the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday night, it told me one thing, that in throughout the course of all the ugliness of this COVID football world that we're living in today, COVID world we're living in, and inside of our world, the COVID football world, that the college football playoff is still on. And it's kind of reassuring to know that we've gotten that far and we, for all intents and purposes, God willing, we will have a college football playoff in January. That was really nice to see that happen last week. I felt a little bit of normalcy, if you will. Now, whether it continues or not does remain to be seen, but just that feeling alone for just that moment alone was a nice feeling, I have to say. And inside the college football playoff rankings, uh, for those of you who may or may not have seen them, I don't don't think there were any major surprises. Uh, The top four teams being Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State, one through four respectively. One quick note, there has never been in the history of the college football playoff from the first week announcement of ever having all four of those teams make the final college football playoff. There's along the way, somebody's going to be bumped in or bumped out. So you can ask yourself, which of those four teams or two perhaps will not make it to the college football playoff. That remains to be seen with games coming up ahead. Also inside this college football ranking, as far as conferences go, the SEC leads the way with five teams in the top 25, four of them inside the top 10 followed by the Big Ten with four teams, two of which reside in the top 10. Then the Big 12 has four teams, the Pac-12 just two teams, and to their credit, a group of five, the group of five conferences, have five teams in the top 25, headlined by Cincinnati in the top 10 at number seven. So we'll see where that goes moving forward here. But all in all, just the fact that we're talking about that in itself is a victory in the world of college football. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And Victor, let's shift over to the National Football League side of things, where uh, let me keep on my my main theme topic here of what I learned in the NFL last week, and then I'm going to hand it over to you. But last week, Taysom Hill started a game for the New Orleans Saints, with Drew Brees being out right now and injured. And it was interesting to learn that the Saints, since last year, last year and this year combined, are a perfect 6-0 and in games without Drew Brees, uh, which kind of maybe paves the way for his retirement down the road. But uh, to their credit, they have not taken any step back when Drew Brees has not been behind center for this football team. And I think it's largely because the defense has stepped up in New Orleans. If you take a look at what's happened here, without Brees in those six football games, they've allowed less than 17 points a game has the New Orleans defense. And in fact, this season alone, the New Orleans defense has held half of their opponents to either season low or second low yardage mark. So tip of the hat to Sean Payton and the job he's doing defensively with the New Orleans Saints. And that's really probably the primary reason they are currently the number one seed of the NFC as far as the playoff picture is concerned. Over to you, Victor. What was your take on what you learned in the National Football League last week? Well, you know, what I learned is that the best season-long debate in the NFL this season has been this who is the best team in the NFC debate. And it kind of seems to change every couple of weeks. You know, first couple of weeks of the season, oh, Seattle, clear and away the best team in the NFC. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Green Bay is playing really, really well. Then, of course, you had that period where Tampa Bay looked fantastic. They were holding opponents to, what, 10 points, 13 points, 
And you know what? It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are the best team in the NFC. Then you're thinking, uh, Tampa Bay just lost a big game. We're going to make it the Saints. By default, the Saints are the best team in the NFC. Guess what? We've got a whole other team that we can uh, talk to the debate about, and that would be the Rams, who went into Tampa. And you can't say enough for that great win uh, on Monday night for the Rams. The best defense now in the NFL. So all of a sudden, we've got another team we can talk about that we can throw in that debate for the best team in the NFC, and that would be the L.A. Rams, now tied for first with Seattle in the NFC West. And I love the fact that, you know, these things change throughout the course of the year. One thing that is for certain, though, Mark, is the fact that it's setting up to be a fantastic month of January in terms of the NFL postseason. I can see that happening, Victor. There's a lot of banding going about right now especially on the NFC side of the playoff picture, where right now, as we speak, the AFC has been installed as a four-point favorite over the NFC. That seems to be growing each week with every victory Pittsburgh picks up in Kansas City's impressive play. So we'll see where that that, uh, Super Bowl line ends up in actuality once the teams do make it to the Super Bowl. And one quick note I want to pass along before I review the current playoff picture standings here. Make this note, the San Francisco 49ers, who have really fallen off from where they were last year, especially the last two years, uh, have really taken it on the chin with all these injuries, and it really, really shows in their running game, which has really evaporated and almost disappeared. They were dominant uh, the past two football seasons on the ground. Well, the good news for them this weekend, uh, off their bye week, is it looks like they're going to have both Raheem Mostert and Devin Coleman back in the lineup, two running backs who they very, very desperately need along with wide receiver Debo Samuel back in the San Francisco lineup. So maybe you can look for a little bit of a push from San Francisco moving forward here, especially given the fact that throughout all this adversity, this football team has outgained seven of their 10 opponents they played this year. The defense is doing their job, and if the offense gets any kind of a spark at all, San Francisco could be one of those teams we're talking about, as Victor mentioned, who's the team we're talking about in the NFC this week. It might end up being the San Francisco 49ers somewhere down the road in the month of December. Here's a quick review of the current playoff picture and how the seeds would be if the playoffs started this week. The number one seeds, currently Pittsburgh and New Orleans out of the two conferences. The number two seeds, the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Rams. Number three, the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers, followed by the number four seeds, which are reserved largely for teams that are division winners regardless of record are the Indianapolis Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles. The number five seeds, the Tennessee Titans, the Seattle Seahawks. The number six seeds, the Cleveland Browns and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And the seventh and final seeds would be the Las Vegas Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals, with two teams just on the outside looking in right now, being number eight, Miami and the Chicago Bears, and number nine, Baltimore, who's slipping rapidly and the Minnesota Vikings. So keep those thoughts in mind as we head into Thanksgiving weekend and the festivities just ahead. And don't go away because just ahead, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. We've got a dandy inside the AFC. We'll do that and hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. 
It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Happy Thanksgiving once again to you and yours, Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this holiday weekend card. It's time for our National Football League game of the week, and we've got a dandy on tap. A key AFC South division battle between Indianapolis and Tennessee, currently the number four and five seeds. The winner of this football game will take the lead inside that division. Victor, how do you see this breakdown going between the Colts and the Titans on Sunday? We've got some good over-under numbers in regards to the game, Mark. Before I get into our OU breakdown, let me throw out our dog numbers in the NFL for the season and one make one quick comment. I know you were talking about the 49ers just before we went to break, and it kind of sounds like Mark might be liking the points in that particular game. They are getting, in some cases, over a touchdown uh, plus seven and a half in what looks like a pretty ideal situation. They're playing with rest off their bye. As you mentioned, they've got uh, multiple offensive playmakers coming back this particular week, and they're going against the Rams team that, A, is on a short week, that played on Monday night. They played a cross-country game on Monday night on short rest off their biggest win of the year. Uh, I would agree that uh, perhaps the 49ers might be a, a look in that particular game. With that said... A decent week for underdogs last week, 7-6 and six overall. Still, for this season in the NFL, 57% across the board for NFL underdogs. 88-67-2, that's the ATS record. The two best situations for underdogs, I'm throwing this out to you, 20-7 ATS on the year for non-division. Road dogs taking on any opponent off a loss. We've talked about this situation numerous times over the last month. It's been pretty profitable. There are two such dogs going this week in that 20-7 and ATS situation. That would be the Chargers on the road against the Bills and the Panthers on the road against the Vikings. And another one, just playing out flat division home dogs have done very well this year. Also, Mark, 13-4 and against the spread for just plain old division home dogs. One going this week. That would be the New York Jets getting a touchdown at home against the Dolphins. So there's your uh, underdog breakdown. And uh, if we can, let's get into our NFL game of the week. Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans. The Colts right around a three to three and a half point favorite in the game. And the over-under line has made a pretty hefty, significant move. It opened at 49 and a half, and it's jumped up to 51 and a half, a full two-point jump. And, of course, that's the line as we record the podcast on Wednesday morning, 51 and a half. And I tell you what, Andy Isco will tell you something about what the, how significant the number of 51 is in the NFL. 
more NFL games have finished exactly on the number of 51 than any other number over the last 10 seasons. It's a number you always kind of want to look to play on or off, depending whether you like the over or the under. Now, for the season, Indianapolis Colts, despite the fact that they've got this number two defense on the year, they're still 6-4 and over-under. That's a little bit surprising that with a great defense like they have, they've still gone over in 60% of their games. Uh, average points in Indianapolis games combined for the season, 48.4. Here's the rub or the breakdown. In their first four games of the season, this great Colts defense was allowing only 14 points per game. However, in their last six games, they've regressed by more than 10 points a game. They're, at, they're allowing 25.3 points per game in their last six games. That's the Colts. So uh, their defensive numbers year-to-date, not quite as good as what they've showed over the last month of the season. They started one and three over under in their first four games. In their last six games, they've gone five and one to the over. Average margin plus six and a half points per game. And as a result, this is the highest over under line of the season for the Colts. Tennessee Titans, you know what you are getting. This is a team that basically picked right up where they left off from last year. In terms of over/under results, already seven two and one over/under the season. That is tied for number one in the league, with Las Vegas and Buffalo. Those three teams all seven two and one over/under, tied for the best record in the league. And in fact, Tennessee in the last twenty-four months of play, the best over team in the NFL. They've gone fifteen four and one in their last twenty. Regular season games, so you know what you're getting in Tennessee, and that's a pretty consistent over team. In terms of the series history, three out of the last four meetings have gone over the total. The Colts last week, they were in that shootout against the Green Bay Packers in which they won 34-31. to That actually has them active in a very, very good over situation. In fact, this has gone 17-2-1 over-under since 2012 in our database. That's 17 overage, only two unders. And it's basically just home favorites of greater than a point off a home win in which they scored and allowed 30 or more points. That applies to the Colts this week. The Titans, of course, they shocked the Ravens last week, beating them, what was that, 30-24 to 24 in overtime. We lost our under in the game uh, because the Tennessee scored a late TD, converted the two-point conversion, then scored a touchdown in overtime, a little bit of a burn. But, hey, these things happen. But it, anyway, that result puts the Titans in a good 6-0 and situation. That's this season alone, 6-0 and over under. Any NFL team off a road win in which they were a dog of six or more points, that applies to Tennessee. And also, this is a very good time of the season for overs when two very good teams are facing each other. Mark mentioned the fact that both of these teams are 7-3, 70% winning percentage on the season. November games, and in terms of our database, that's games 9 through 12. November games, when both teams have a winning percentage of 666 or greater in the last six seasons, these games have gone 17 overs. Only five unders. I'm not a fan of the fact that it's at 51 and a half, but everything's pointing to this game being high scoring, and that's the way we'll lean in the Titans and the Colts over the total. This is a critical series, if you will, for the Tennessee Titans 
who come into this contest one game back of Indianapolis. They lose this football game here. They will have lost two games to the Colts, and the Colts will then have owned the tiebreaker coming into the contest here. So obviously much more critical to the Titans than it is the Colts, but that doesn't mean the Colts are not coming to play in this football game. Looking inside the numbers from our database, we note that Tennessee is a frightful 0-11 to the spread as a single-digit division road dog coming into this contest. They've also been out-yarded in six of their 10 football games this year, losing stats this year by an average of 10 yards a game. On the flip side, you look at the Colts. They are the league's best team inside the stats, having outgained nine of their opponents statistically this year, winning the stats 75 net yards a contest. With that, the Colts come in with the number two ranked overall defense in the conference and under head coach Frank Reich. This football team has never lost as a division home favorite. In four games, they've won all four games straight up and gone 3-0-1 against the spread. My lean in the football game to the Indianapolis Colts largely comes from our midweek alert. And what we did in the midweek alert this week is we tore down the stats of these two football teams and looked at the common opponents that they've faced this football season aside from one another. They've had five common opponents. The Colts have won the yards in all five of those football games by an average of, not by an average, by a total of 558 yards. The Titans have lost the stats in three of those five football games by a total of negative 112 yards. When you do the math, you find 670 net yards favoring the Colts or an average of 134 yards a game, of which coincidentally is what they beat Tennessee by in their first matchup. They beat them by 136 yards. If 136 yards works for the Colts statistically and in this game, I see the Colts winning the game and getting the money. I'm going to lean to the Colts in the contest all largely do based upon their defense and the way they're playing football games this year. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show on this festive Thanksgiving weekend. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments as we get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. And Andy, I hope you've got that turkey basted and you're ready for Thanksgiving treats and feasts come this Sunday. Well, Mark, I know we're going to get to the contest shortly, and let me put it to you this way. There were a lot of turkeys in Las Vegas one weekend too early. I think that uh, had the turkeys waited about a week, uh, the results that I'm about to report would be much more pleasing to uh, to all of us. Uh, but uh, uh, every so often, it happens uh, once every few years where there's even out- a truly outstanding week or a truly miserable week. But uh, I'd rather think about the turkey that's going to be on the plate in about a day or so. Well, reading between the lines, Andy, I'm going to guess a truly miserable week in the contest last week as opposed to an outstanding week. I know just what handicapping the card was all about last week. Uh, So if you will, we're speaking with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas, publisher of one of the finest football newsletters in the country. If you haven't got a copy yet, I invite you to log on at TheLogicalApproach.com and download your copy just in time for the Thanksgiving weekend games this week. And, Andy, speaking of those contests, how bad was it? If I'm guessing correctly, it was not a good week for players in the contest in Vegas. Well, Mark, let me start off with the good news. Okay, now on to the bad news. <laughs> well, I just uh, Starting that, Andy, with I, the uh, super... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's about it. I may even pause a little bit too longer there before starting the bad news. Uh, let me start with the summaries before getting into the details. Uh, super Contest Classic Consensus 
0-5. Super Contest Gold Consensus, 0-5. Circa Million, Circa Million Contest Consensus, 0-5. And it was even worse than that. If you go to the Super Contest Classic, the top six, the six most popular selections, all lost to the spread, as did nine of the top ten. In the Circa Million, almost as bad. The top five selections all lost. The sixth most popular did win, but it was a total of one and eight for the top nine selections in the contest. So as you can tell, the overall percentage for leading the contest has dropped down uh, this past week in, in all these contests. Uh, I mentioned 0-5 in the Super Contest Classic. That now puts the season consensus of the top five plus ties at 25-31-1 for the season. The most popular selection was the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they did not cover, of course, 5-5-1 five, five, and one for the number one selection each week uh, for the uh, first 11 weeks. The third week of the third quarter uh, showed uh, a decline in the top of the standings. There are three contestants in the Super Contest quarterly contest for quarter three at 12-2-1. That's 12.5 out of a possible 15 points. Five contestants are at 12 points and two at 11 and a half, with the final week being this uh, final week of quarter three being this weekend. The overall leader of uh, the contest won in four last week, so that lead has now dropped down. It had been pretty healthy, but the pack behind the leader followed as well. So uh, the leader, 38, 15, and two, that's 39 points or 70.9 percent. Only a, a three-point lead. It had, I believe, been a four-point lead last week over one contestant at 36. Overall, there are 24 contestants within five points of the lead, meaning that 34 points or better, you're hitting 61.8%. The uh, contest has 47 contestants at 33 points or greater. That works out to 60%. And the Super Contest Classic does pay the top 100 places I can't recall a percentage this low to be in cashing position. There are 110 contestants currently in the money in the top 100 in ties. They are at 31 and a half or more points. That's a 57.3% uh, winning percentage uh, to be cashing in the uh, Super Contest Classic. In the Super Contest Gold, which had only 72 contestants, that consensus, as I mentioned, 0-5. The number one selection, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, for the season, the top five consensus plays 28-26-1. So they had been doing very well. Seven games over 500 coming into the week, now just uh, two above. 6-4-1 and one for the number one selection each week. The uh, leader, there are two contestants tied for the lead with 35-20 uh, records. Uh, that's 35 out of a possible 55 points. That's 63.6%. There are seven contestants out of the 72, so roughly 10% of the field hitting 60% or better. And then when you go down a little further to find those contestants within five points of the lead, and I mentioned this because, we, as I noted before, the leader went one and four last week in the Super Contest Classic, so there's uh, there's room for contestants to make up ground if you're within the top five. Total of 24 contestants, which works out to one-third of that 72 contestant field. 24 contestants uh, within five points of the lead. Uh, that uh, contestant who is at uh, the, the four that are tied at 30, which is exactly five points behind, hitting just 54.6% uh, for the season in this rather small field. Turning to the Circa Million, that's the big contest this year with almost 3,150 contestants. The 0-5 top five selections this week brings their season record 
The Circa Million contestant, uh, contestants consensus now 25 and 25. In this contest, we had a third different most popular selection from the other two, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that was a loser. That drops the number one selection for the week, for the 11 weeks to six and five. They also have a quarterly contest, and uh, they have uh, two leaders at 13 and two heading into the fourth week of the, uh, of the quarterly prize. Uh, there are 10 contestants, uh, just a game behind at 12-3. and three. For the main contest itself, uh, there's one leader at 39 points. Uh, the uh, balance of the field uh, leading the f- – there are uh, 50 within five points of the lead. That's uh, 61.8%. The contest does pay uh, 50 places, the top 50. Overall, 105 are at 60% or greater, so that's uh, th- 105 out of the 3148 contestants uh, at 60% or better, that works out to just uh, 3.3% of the entire field. For the Super Contest Classic, it's almost the same. 4.0% of the field uh, are uh, within, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, are hitting uh, 60% or more. So for the three main contests uh, that uh, uh, base their, uh, their, their contest uh, winnings on uh, weekly selections, it was as if Mike Tyson, George Foreman, and uh, uh, you can throw in a few others there as well, uh, went into the ring uh, against the contestants this week, and it was a total knockout uh, in favor of the... uh, uh, I shouldn't say in favor of the books, because the books are just sponsoring the contest, but in favor of those who are looking to make up ground, uh, they had an opportunity this past week. Turning to the Circa Survivor, that's the last man standing, winner-take-all contest, 1.3 million... $1.39 dollars at stake for the lone winner. Entering week 11, there are 301 contestants still alive out of the 1390. 209 had winning selections. 88 had their selections lose. And for some reason, again, there were four contestants alive who did not select, and they were thus eliminated. The most popular selection to lose was Minnesota, losing outright to Dallas. 72 of the 88 who lost were on the Minnesota Vikings. Six lost with the Miami Dolphins. Four lost with the Baltimore Ravens. And three each lost with New England and Tampa Bay. And just as a side note for the Circus Survivor Contest, it's got a unique twist because Thanksgiving Day, those three games constitute a separate week for the Circus Survivor Contest. So hopefully, as we've been remarking throughout the season, that those who are still alive in the contest have at least one of the six teams that are playing on Thanksgiving Day because they must submit their selection and they must actually submit the selection by 10 p.m. Pacific time on uh, Wednesday evening prior to the uh, Thanksgiving Day game starting themselves at uh, 9.30 Pacific the following morning. And so not only is that a separate week, and then we have the regular week of the other 13 games that will be played on Sunday and uh, uh, Monday night. So we could see some more contestants eliminated. I'll be interested to see how many eliminated, how many are eliminated on Thanksgiving Day because A, you have only six teams to choo- choose from, B, of the six teams, you've probably used a couple of them in certain spots throughout the first 11 weeks. And see, everyone was expecting the Dallas Cowboys to be the huge favorite over Washington for this Thanksgiving Day game. The other games, Houston at Detroit, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, were expected to be and are indeed more competitively priced. In fact, all three games, however, are right around that number three to four and a half with uh, uh, Dallas favored by three. So those who held out... Uh, hope for saying I'm going to get an easy winner with with Dallas over Washington on Thanksgiving Day may not be that that easy. Certainly not according to the point spread. 
a bloodbath in Las Vegas for the contests for the contestants last week, probably the likes of which we won't see for the rest of the football season, hopefully as far as the contestants are concerned. A report from Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, as he does each and every week. And we can only hope those results improve this week for sure. And speaking about what uh, in Vegas, what comes out of Vegas is the opening lines for the following week out of the Westgate Superbook. And Andy's been kind enough to share those with us. If you would do the honors, Andy, and uh, let our listeners know out there what we can expect or what we've seen now for opening lines from Jay Cornegay at the Superbook for next week in the National Football League. Uh, sure, Mark. There are a number of interesting moves that affect that, or and I shouldn't I shouldn't use moves adjustments because that's really what we're looking for. We're looking for okay, the Westgate back on uh, uh, Tuesday, November seventeenth, put out advanced lines that you could physically bet uh, for Week Twelve this coming weekend. Then when Sunday's games are being played, they take them off and they readjust the numbers uh, ostensibly uh, reflecting their opinions as to the impact of the results of those Sunday games. So sometimes we see some significant changes. One game we saw a big change, which maybe do more uh, to the injury to quarterback Joe Burrow of Cincinnati, although you do have to wonder if perhaps that adjustment might not have been a bit too much. Uh, when the Lions originally came out a week ago Tuesday, the Cincinnati Bengals and a healthy uh, Joe Burrow were favored by three over the visiting New York Giants. That line went down to uh, two and a half before the game was taken off the boards. And of course, Joe Burrow injured and lost for the season. When that line went back up, usually you'll see this kind of adjustment for a, an outstanding quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or uh, someone of that ilk. Uh, there was a seven-point adjustment. The Giants uh, four and a half were made four and a half point favorites this past Sunday evening at Cincinnati. That line has been further bet up to six. So from what appeared to be a huge adjustment, I mean, it's not as though Cincinnati is hosting the Kansas City Chiefs or the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're hosting the three-win New York Giants, the record not much better than their own. So a six-point home dog after being a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That's the one that's uh, uh, that's worth mentioning. Another one that's worth mentioning is the Kansas City at Tampa Bay game, and I mention it because there wasn't all that much movement considering the fact that Kansas City struggled but got by the Raiders on Sunday night, and then Tampa Bay on Monday night was upset at home with a very good effort by the Los Angeles Rams. The game opened three, was readjusted to three after the uh, Kansas City uh, tight win Sunday night, opened again at three on Tuesday morning after the the, uh, Bucs lost at home to the Rams on Monday night, and the line has stayed at three. So interesting there. There's a situation of a game that we might have expected, maybe a half-point adjustment one way or the other uh, around the number three. Two opportunities to make an adjustment with Kansas City playing Sunday night and the Rams playing Monday night, and yet none of those adjustments did occur. Other adjustments were really relatively small, and I'll take a look now at the uh, lines for week number 13. These lines were posted and available for betting at the Westgate Superbook this past Tuesday, the 24th of November. On Thursday, December 3rd, Baltimore will host the Dallas Cowboys, and the Baltimore Ravens are 7.5-point home favorites. Sunday, December 6th, no line on the game between Detroit and Chicago being played at Soldier Field in Chicago. Last week, there was no advanced line on the Thanksgiving Day game between Detroit and Houston because of the questionable status at the time of Detroit quarterback Matthew Stafford. Now, this, the, uh, there's no line, uh, no advanced line for this game because of the questionable status this week of Chicago quarterback Nick Foles. Uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins will be hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. 
And who'd have thunk it at the start of the season? Yeah, it's the Cincinnati Bengals, but the Miami Dolphins, 10.5-point home favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals. Indianapolis at Houston in an AFC South matchup. The Colts, 3.5-point road favorites. Interconference matchup, Minnesota hosting Jacksonville. The Vikings favored by 9. Washington at Pittsburgh in another interconference matchup. The Steelers, 11-point home favorites. The Las Vegas Raiders favored by 8 at the New York Jets. New Orleans in an NFC South matchup will be at Atlanta. Saints, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Cleveland at Tennessee. They host Titans, favored by three-and-a-half. Seattle will host the New York football Giants. Seattle favored by seven-and-a-half at home. NFC uh, matchup between two teams meeting for the first time this year, this late in the season. The L.A. Rams at Arizona, where the Cardinals are one-point home favorites. Green Bay, a six-and-a-half-point home favorite against Philadelphia, visiting Philadelphia. New England at the L.A. Chargers. Chargers favored by one-and-a-half. Denver at Kansas City, scheduled to be the Sunday night game for Week 13. And the Kansas City Chiefs currently 13-point home favorites. And finally, Monday night, Monday, December 7th, Buffalo will be at San Francisco. The Bills currently two-and-a-half-point road favorites. A review of the opening lines from Las Vegas from the Superbook, courtesy of Jay Cornegay by our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas as he does each and every week here on this Thanksgiving weekend, a weekend filled hopefully with family, friends, and a lot of good food this weekend. And Andy's speaking about a lot of good things this weekend. I know our listeners would love to know what you're looking at for your complimentary play on this Thanksgiving Sunday football card. Well, Mark, I'm going to go to a game in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills uh, hosting the L.A. Chargers. And uh, still smarting from that loss in Arizona prior to last week's bye. Buffalo knows the importance of this game, as thanks to Miami's loss at Denver, Buffalo now has a one-game lead over the Dolphins in the AFC East, therefore controlling their own destiny for the division title and also wanting to wrap up the division title as soon as possible because they host Miami in Week 17. Uh, The Chargers have been known to blow leads all season, including those in wins such as uh, last week uh, against the lowly Jets when a 17-point halftime lead was cut to eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, The Jets uh, ended up getting a safety but could not uh, manage another another score, so the Chargers held on much like they uh, did against Jacksonville in one of the other games where they had a healthy lead but managed to win. Uh, Buffalo's other two losses, aside from Arizona, were also to playoff-bound teams, so they've lost to some quality teams, and I don't think you could put the Chargers in that class, at least based upon their record. The Bills are 4-1 at home home this year. Uh, The lone home loss uh, was to Kansas City, and if you recall that game, that Monday night game, that infected some schedule changes that were detrimental to Buffalo uh, getting ready for that game as they had a game uh, earlier uh, the the previous week that had to be adjusted. Uh, The Chargers have lost four straight road games since opening the season with a win at Cincinnati. Uh, They are also making a second trip in three weeks to the East Coast after losing at Miami two weeks ago. Uh, Despite the solid stats, and you have to to give that credit to the Chargers, uh, they, um, uh, you know, they, they, According to my metrics, including the thing I think we talked about, or at least I put in the newsletter about a month or so ago, uh, Factor X, shows that the Chargers are the NFL's most inefficient team, not taking advantage of good field position, not taking advantage of being able to effectively run and pass the football, turnovers, bad coaching decisions, etc. A rookie quarterback, Herbert, is a developing is developing nicely for the Chargers, uh, but with the Bills, uh, Josh Allen, uh, their quarterback, uh, really maturing in his third season, 
Uh, he's improving, and uh, he's dangerous both with his arms and his feet. I think this line, which is for five and a half, sort of says, okay, public, uh, do you want to take the points? Do you want to move it towards a field goal? Do you want to move it up towards a touchdown? As of yet, we really haven't seen any movement. I would expect this line may move up a little bit. And due to the Chargers having some fundamentally solid statistics, uh, I can understand uh, why this line is set where it is. However, I uh, uh, several of my models suggest Buffalo should win this game by from 10 to 14 points. So I'm laying the five and a half with the Buffalo Bills. Andy Isco on the Buffalo Bills this Sunday in their football contest. He's going to lay the five-and-a-half points in the football game against the L.A. Chargers, who travel west to east in the contest. Andy, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and I'm going to also wish you good luck in pushing that pumpkin pie and that whipped cream away from you for a second or a third helping this Thanksgiving day, and hopefully you'll be glad you did just that. You know, Mark, when you first said you uh, hoping you're pushing the pie. I thought you were going to say down your down your throat. And then when you said for the second or third time, I said, okay, that's fine. I can t- I can tolerate pushing it away after two or three helpings. Uh, but I want to wish you, Victor, all the listeners, uh, the most fantastic of Thanksgiving weekends. As I say, hopefully uh, the bad turkeys on the field uh, will limit it to last week, and only the good turkeys will be around this weekend for us to enjoy Thursday. And then again, leftovers for well, depends on how big a turkey you uh, you you have this year. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with the Vegas Vibe. And don't go away, guys. We'll be back with our final segment here. I'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from Victor and myself when we're back with more here in just a moment on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome Awesome. angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it not over yet. And what we're looking to do is to play in any college football team with conference revenge coming off an overtime win in which they allowed 36 or less points in that game and their opponent allows 30 or more points on the season. These overtime winners playing with conference revenge in this role are 17-6 and six against the spread. With that, we'll be playing on Tulsa for our awesome angle, not over yet play on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap for his complimentary play and also let our listeners know, Victor, what you've got going here this weekend as far as the King Creole service goes. I know there's a big NFL five-star game of the month going on Sunday. Yeah, you got that right, Mark. And Mark's got a big one going, too. His 10-star college game of the year goes this particular weekend. And I know that's off the heels of that tremendous 
game of the week last week with Northwestern didn't even need the points against Wisconsin. Congratulations to you on that win, and congratulations to the Wildcats, who are basically going to make it to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, Got to love the purple up there in Northwestern. Now, uh, as you mentioned, Mark, we got a big one in the NFL going our five-star game of the month. It isn't over. The October five-star game of the month was a winner on the Saints and the Panthers over the total. Back on October 25th, we'll see if we can duplicate that with a November winner. And it's a game going over the total in the early kickoffs. It'll be available at playbook.com on Wednesday evening. You're going to want to check out that five-star game of the month. Now, uh, the game we're going to give out for our um, free play of the week, we're going to give Tuco a break. You know, Tuco tried to go to the hole too often last week with the Miami Dolphins, who started well with a pick six, but did not look good on offense. So we're going to save Tuco's play to our normal totals tip sheet subscribers this week. And instead, we're going to stay here in the Sunshine State You know, Mark, uh, Andy was talking about the Bears' uh, uncertain quarterback situation. There could be up to three games this week in the NFL with a different quarterback starting. Andy mentioned the Bears game, but also Brandon Allen will be starting this week for the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a couple starts last year with the Denver Broncos. And in Jacksonville, the Jaguars are benching uh, rookie Jake Luton, who threw four picks last week against Pittsburgh, and they will be starting NFL veteran Mike Glennon at quarterback. And that's where we are going, and we're going to be calling it a quagmire in Florida as we are playing the Browns and Jags under the total. And, of course, uh, in our Totals Tip Sheet newsletter, we've been on Jacksonville unders each of the last two weeks and hit on both of those versus the Packers two weeks ago and versus the Steelers last week. And, uh, hey, why not go for three weeks in a row in terms of the Jaguars? That low-scoring outcome should be in their home game this week against Cleveland. The over-under line is way too high at 49.5. A Browns defense that's playing very, very well these days. In their last three games, they've allowed only 17, 10, and 16 points. Neither of these teams, of course, has a top-notch offense, so... Uh, Where are all the points going to come from? That's what I want to know. You know, in terms of this Jags-Browns series, we note that the last four meetings have averaged only 35.0 combined points per game. Now, Cleveland is off this stretch of three straight home games in a row. They're hitting the road for the first time in, I believe, five weeks now when we incorporate the bye in there. Anyway, it's a great spot for an under. This has gone... 6-26 6-26 and 26 over under last four years, and in fact, 1-15 and 15 in the last two years. It's simply any NFL team playing off three straight home games in a row. That applies to the Brownies this week, who are one of the chalkier road teams on the Week 12 schedule. The last time I looked, Cleveland was favored by 6.5 to 7.5 in this game against Jacksonville. Here's a 5-29 and 29 out of the database. Five overs, 29 unders. AFC Conference, big road favorites of six or more points versus any fellow conference opponent. That applies to this particular game. Now, of course, the Jaguars, they just uh, suffered that big-time beatdown last week against the Steelers last Sunday in which they lost 
by 24 points at home. Here's a 1 in 15 out of the database for you, Mark. Non-division home teams who are off a home loss of 21 or more points the previous week. And that applies to the Jaguars, a game in which they only scored three total points against the Steelers. NFL home teams who scored three or less points at home the previous week have gone 1-11 and over under in the last 10 years. You know which way we're going. The over-under line is 49-and-a-half. That's about five, maybe even six points too high. You know, Jacksonville, they're tied with Chicago for dead last in the league in points per game with only 16.8. I don't like Mike Glennon at all. That's good enough for me. We're going Browns, Jaguars, under the total again. That's your free play. We hope everybody has a dynamite Thanksgiving weekend. I think it would be prudent to perhaps stay away from the Black Friday retail stores. Just camp out at home. You've got your immediate family. You've got your food. You've got your football. And we've got a couple of big games this week. Good luck with Mark's 10-star. And don't forget to check out our 5-star over of the month at playbook.com. And likewise, Victor, good luck with that big NFL 5-star total of the month going this Sunday in the National Football League. On our mind, our listeners, you can get that in all of King Creole's plays online at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play on the card, my friends at mybookie.ag once again are offering up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus to all listeners of the show. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK to be eligible for up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus. Or you can call them toll-free to take advantage at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your up to $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And as Victor mentioned, my once-a-year 10-star college football game of the year will go this Saturday. You can pick it up with a $99 football weekend of winners from Thanksgiving Thursday through Monday. When you log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free to get on board for the big 10-star college football game of the year, weekend of winners at 1-800-321-7777. With that, my complimentary play on the football card this weekend will be inside the Big 12 Conference, where we'll take the points with Kansas State against Baylor using our good friend Texas Tornado's analogy of the most embarrassed team on the card that happens to be the Kansas State Wildcats, who were shut out 45 to nothing last week against Iowa State, the worst loss of head coach Chris Kleiman's career. And in fact, coming into this football game, Kansas State was set to avenge what was Chris Kleiman's worst loss of the year in a 31-12 home loss to Baylor last year. Now he's got a double revenge incentive here on his shoulder this weekend. You take a look here. At the Baylor Bears, they're just 5-12 and 12 to the spread when they're off back-to-back losses, taking on an opponent coming in off a loss. You've got Kansas State 4-0 and to the spread. Their last four is dogs of more than three when they're coming off a loss as well. That's Chris Kleiman in that particular role. We'll grab the points with Kansas State for a complimentary play on the football card this week. And once again, I want to remind all of us out there to have a very happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Enjoy the food, the festivities, and all the football. Until next week, for our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco, 
from Las Vegas and the logical approach, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, this is Mark Lawrence. Remind you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.